0: Yes, I just finished yawning. <laughs> Amazing. I was gonna do something else and then it just came into my mind. Well, it was it was more than a desire, it was almost like a compulsion to do this um this podcast. So what I ended up having to do was set aside what I was going to do for this podcast because I'm not really gonna be free within my mind. Oh no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to be free within my mind to pursue the other things I need to do until I do this podcast, because that's how I am. When I, get, um, when I get or feel compelled to do something, it's such a distraction that unless I just deal with it and get it done, um, I'm not really able to go forward because I'm constantly reflecting back to the thing that I felt compelled to do. So I'm doing this to overcome the compulsion, so it will it will release me to do the things that I need to do. Because I have a few. Th- I've got to get my rear-ending gear. Today is Friday. I got to get. There's a few things I need to get done because tomorrow's Saturday, which I can't do those things, and then of course Sunday, which is the Sabbath, which I won't do those things, and then kaboom, Monday comes and a seven o'clock in the morning dental appointment, and, and let the madness begin. Um, there is a generalized belief and it's with constriction, but people never talk about the constriction. Um, and most of the brotherly love and world peace and all this other BS is this foundation is with this premise and that is that everybody is compatible or can be compatible. So you'll hear that. Um, no, we we can all every anybody can be compatible with another person. We can all be compatible. No, that's that's BS. It's, <laughs> that's my go-to Sicilian expression. BS. BS. Of course, most people know it is bullshit, but I use the you know the initials BS because I prefer not to swear, and two, um, it covers just a a variety of subjects. Covers everything really if you want to be that way, but not everybody is compatible. <sighs> <clears throat> and, and when I say compatible, I'm not talking about the, the surface level of getting along, being friends, and all that. Um, when I say compatibility, and of course it, it transcends the basic relationships of. Um, self, because we have a relationship with ourselves, Then a relationship with others, which is has subsets of, you know, relative, friend, intimate uh, person, and spouse. Because intimate person, you could have an intimate relationship with somebody but not be married to them. So the subsets of others, like I said, is uh, you know, their self is at the top, you know, who we're because we have a relationship with our self, but then below self we have relative, friend, intimate, other, and um marriage, spouse. Compatibility on a surface level, um well people misunderstand the compatibility. They think because two people get along they're compatible. Well they're not they're not compatible. Um except in certain circumstances. Like they may be compatible as friends because they suppress the differences that they have that would cause them not to be friends. So even though they're not compatible, because compatible doesn't mean getting along. Compatible is a definition of the differences or the, just give me, rephrase them, not differences, but the semblances of, of a person. So when you talk about compatibility, most people think of compatibility as, um, you know, being able to get along. You know what I'm saying? I know people find this hard to believe. I'm going to look up compatibility so I can read you the dictionary definition of it. Because this is the, okay, so the ability, okay, it says a quality of being capable. That's capability this send up. Okay, let's try to say. Um, compatibility. Compatibility. There we go, finally. The natural ability to live or work together in harmony because of well-matched characteristics. The quality or fact of being in agreement. Yes, that's the dictionary definition of compatibility. Most people think that is exactly what compatibility is, and it's not when it comes to relationships. Compatibility in relationships has a lot to do with the similarities in the people, in their moral, in their financial, in their emotional, in their you know um, affection, I guess you would say because emotional covers a lot of other things, but in their ability to love, there's so many things where compatibility, if you want to use the dictionary definition of it, we can still, I can say, okay, we'll go down that road. I'll go down that road with you. And I would say to you, it still has a deeper meaning when it comes to people and relationships. It just does. Um, there's incompatibility. We're going to speak on this for a moment. There is incompatibility between every single person. And to transcend the incompatibility, people have to suppress their differences. They have to make allowances for each other. Um, they have to accept things that they don't like about the other person or in, and live with it. Um, depending on the relationship will depend on how deep that goes and what they're willing to ignore and a lot of other things. However, between, and I'm going to go into this quite frankly, so hopefully I won't offend too many people, but not many many people are listening to this anyway, so (laughs) there won't be a lot of people to offend. There are Certain levels of incompatibility that cannot be transcended. Yeah, there are. In relationships, there are some things that simply cannot be because the differences between the two people in the most important areas are so significant they cannot be overcome. Now, I say they cannot be overcome not because they can't, I should rephrase that. They cannot be overcome because the differences are so great that the people cannot make the adjustments necessary for them to be overcome. Um, I'm going to give you a a prime example. When a woman has been married and has suffered at the hands of her husband um, terrifically, you know, has really been hurt by him and they divorce, That woman is, I say damaged, I hate to use the word, but I don't know any other word that comes to mind. The woman is damaged on one side and vulnerable on the other. And especially if she had a traumatic childhood, if she had a a traumatic childhood um, filled with experiences that were just tested her soul. She becomes a woman. She gets married. He is a loser. He puts her through living hell. She divorces him. She now is a broken woman in a lot of ways, a damaged woman. But she is vulnerable because most of those types of women are very vulnerable to getting involved in another bad relationship. And this is the irony. In the bad relationship, so for instance, they get divorced and then they will quote unquote fall in love again. And they've, but they don't really fall in love. That's the thing about these women. They have been hurt to the point where they don't have the ability to naturally love. I mean, they can do things for the man clean the house, cook the food on time, do all that. And they can even fake, you know, in sex, like this really great and no, I'm loving it. You're so good. They They can do a lot of, Role-playing. They can role-play the wife. Um, they can role-play, you know, the housekeeper. In other words, they can role-play, but inside, um, where maybe washing the clothes is, is natural to them, the intimacy with, with the new husband um, and and the love that should be there isn't really there. Um she married him for other reasons than love. Um she married him for other reasons than really wanting to be with him. He's more a convenience, he's a fill-in for the other husband. Then you find out that he is not much he's not unlike the other husband. He is demanding and he's abusive and he's mean-spirited. Oh, he may not do all the things the other husband did. Um he may not be that bad but he's a constant reminder of the other husband. And this is the irony. That relationship will be more manageable for that woman than if she married a good man. Because if she were to marry a good man, what you would find is the man would really love her and want to be with her and she would be it for him. He wouldn't cheat on her. He wouldn't do the things the other men did because he really loves her. The problem is she doesn't really love him. Oh, she likes the fact that he's a good man. She likes the fact that he um, doesn't do the things the other husband did. Um, And she thinks in her mind that she can make this work when in truth she can't. She can't make it work because she has been damaged or broken to the point where she is incompatible to a good man. She really is. She has learned to live with a bad man for so long that she's not able to release her past. She's not able to release her resentment for men in general. Notwithstanding the fact she knows this is is a good man. She knows he doesn't do the things the other husband or men in general do. She knows all this, but because she cannot release herself from her past, she's so tethered to her past that she treats the good man badly. She treats the good man the way she treated her bad husband. And she's resentful of the good man. That's what's uh, very ironic. And I've seen this many times. I'm not just saying this stuff. Not making it up. I've actually seen it. Damaged women almost always make the worst wives for a good man. Yeah. Uh, Because they're incompatible. They just are. Very few women that have been traumatized and lived through bad relationships are able to release their past and start fresh. Now, I've known some that. Um, one in particular, I can't remember her name. It's been so many years ago. She had been through living hell. This son of a bitch stalked her. I mean, he did everything he did or excuse me. He did everything he could do to make her dependent upon him, trying to get her fired from her work. I mean, showing up, you know, following around with his car when she'd go on dates, you know, sitting at a table near and talking about, he did everything he could to destroy her chances of finding a man. Um, But then she found a a good man, a real man, who wouldn't put up with this bullshit (laughs) and let the good dude know, hey, you freaking people are divorced. She's a single woman now, and and I'm involved with her. So, you know, in other words, back off, or I'm going to do things to you. He basically told them, you know, you could call it threatened. I could call it making promises. But he basically told them, get over her or you're going to deal with me. And so he backed off and he left her alone and they ended up getting married. And this woman was one of the best wives I've ever seen to a husband. And he honored her too. She was able to, um, when I was talking to her one time, she said she couldn't believe she found somebody so nice, such a good person. And I said, well, they're out there. And she said, no, you don't understand um, he is the type of person I've always wanted to marry. And I said, okay, so you did, and, you know, this is who I am when I'm talking to someone I really like. I'm just very open and frank. You're getting the real me 100%. Um, so she asked me, she said, what do you think I did to deserve this? And I said, deserve it to kind of surprised me. And she said, yes. What do you think I did to deserve it? And I said, Oh, I don't I don't think it's a matter of deserving it. Doesn't every woman deserve a good man? And doesn't every man deserve a good woman? Isn't that just something that exists? So Well, I don't know, George. <laughs> There's been a lot of men, bad men I knew. And I said, Well yeah, because they chose to be bad. I said, I've known a few checkered women too, or women with checkered past. But I said, But doesn't everybody deserve to have somebody? Um, who really loves them and cherishes them and all that stuff. She said, well, I, I guess so. I'm just wondering, what did I do to get him? And I said, I think one of the things you did for the most part was you let go of your past, you know. And she said, and this is what's interesting. She said, yeah, you know, he never asked me about my past. He never asked me about my previous marriage. He never asked me any of those questions. And I said, and what did what? And this is the key. I hope you people are listening to. I said to her, and why do you think he didn't? Yeah, because I love to ask questions because I want to see if the person is is a deep thinker, if they're connecting the dots. And she said, Um, I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe he just thought I was more than that. And I said, he never asked you about your past because your past didn't matter to him. What matters to him is who you were right now. That's what mattered to him. So anything that happened in your past, your past relationships, I said to him, he loves you and cares about you so much, that means nothing to him. It's the person he met now. That's who means everything to him. And that's why he didn't ask you. Two, he didn't. The thing is, is he's not judging you on who you were. His judgments are based upon who you are now. And I said, I think you're a pretty good person. You know, you're fun loving, you're honest. I said, you're a good person. And that's what he saw. And that's what he wanted. And his being a good man to you is one, who he is, and two, his way of honoring you. He wants you to know he honors you. He wants to know he really loves you. He cherishes you. He, you know... You and he are one. That's what he wants you to know. I said, now, is he unaware of the bad relationship? Of course he's not. He's freaking dealt with your ex-husband when he had to straighten him out. So I said, he's aware that, you know, you probably had a terrible marriage and and things were tough for you and stuff like that. But, But I said, but he doesn't need the details because they don't matter to him. You matter to him. And that's the important thing. Now, what could have been an incompatible relationship because of what she had been through? She has surpassed her past. She had released herself from her past. She wasn't tethered. So she didn't second guess this man and wonder when he was going to be, take off his mask and be like every other man. She didn't do those things. She had confidence that the way he was treating her when they were dating is how he was gonna treat her when they got married. So when they got married, she wasn't expecting that all of a sudden he was gonna be a different person or now he's gonna show his true colors because he wasn't that kind of a person. And they got married and he was the same person she dated. That's what she told me She said, you know, I was a little squeamish because, you know, getting married again so soon after getting divorced, I was a little, you know, kind of, you know, guarded or, or squeamish is the best thing I could think of best word. Um, and I said, and <laughs> she said, and what? And I said, and continue the sentence. And she said, I don't know what you mean. I said, well, tell me what happened. Okay. You're freaking married him. So what happened? She said, it was like, we we're still dating. And I said, okay, but th- then what does that tell you? And I'm thinking, please, for the heaven's sakes, freaking think woman, think. So she started laughing and said, well, it told me that he was the same person. He had, you know, he was real. He wasn't, he was a good man through and through. And I said, oh, finally, freaking A. Because it is a little, yeah, you, know, you know, it's uncomfortable for me when I expect a person to be able to see the obvious, but they're looking so deep they can't see the obvious. And the obvious is, yes, he really was that type of a person. Boom, that's it. You don't have to add to it. Oh, yeah. Like she said, I felt like we were still dating. Okay. Why did you feel like you're still dating? Because he's a good guy who's crazy about you. And this is who he is. He's not freaking pretending. He's, he's the real McCoy. Now, let's push that aside. Let's talk about friendships. Friendships, whether it's the woman who is broken or, you know, you may say damaged, or if it's the man Because there's a lot of broken and damaged men out there too. And I'm not talking about the predator types and all that. I'm talking about men who were good men who married a bad woman and suffered for that error in judgment, I would say, because I won't go into details, but I am very, very, very picky on who I get involved with. Marriage is another level, but... In friendships, I am very picky about who I get involved with in friendships. I have few friends. I have even fewer best friends uh, because the nature of the beast is there aren't that, that many people you can really be a friend with, and I mean a real friendship, and there are even fewer that you could call best friends because of the criteria to be a best friend. They don't meet it. Um, they can't meet it because they are so who they are. They. Affecting a change in them would be like pulling teeth from a freaking, you know, hippopotamus or something, with your bare hands. I always tell people be very, very, very careful in the associations that you choose with people you're going to call your friends. They will influence you for good and bad. Um, You will become, I've spoken about this before, I'm saying it again, birds of a feather. Their influences will cause you to change, for better or worse, as yours will cause them, unless they're very strong-willed and very intelligent. I say strong-willed because they'll resist the change for things they don't want to change. Intelligent because they will know what to allow to change and what not to allow. <clears throat> excuse me. So in marriage, it's even worse, but in friendships where there's an infrequency of involvement, um, you know, you might talk every day, but you talk for a few minutes or something. So there's not really a lot of um, involvement. Most of it's probably on the phone or texting or something. So the, the direct influences is, is less under those circumstances than it would be had a person, um, you know, then where, the, where they would see each other and actually physically do things together. Um, the the exposure and the influence is, is quite a bit less, but it's significant because over time, reinforcement of who that person is is going to affect you as the reinforcement of who you are in their life is going to affect them. Um, And it shows. Sometimes I hear people using the phrases that I use, and I sometimes say the phrases they use. Sometimes they both use the same phrases when we met. But the point I'm trying to make is that individual influence on others is very powerful. Um, And if you're a very influential or persuasive person, and you have the command of the English language, and you're very personal, and you are trustworthy, you're honest, and you're loyal in your friendships, you can have tremendous influence on people. But don't let it go to your head. You'll be surprised how even though you're very influential or persuasive and have had a lot of effect upon the person, you will be surprised when you discover uh, things that you had no effect upon at all. Because some things are so ingrained in a person, your influence will have no effect. Even if they're agreeing with you and saying, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But They're going to go out and do exactly what they want to do, and as they should, because it's their life. They should choose for themselves. So don't be dismayed or disappointed when someone goes sideways on you. If they're your friend, be their friend anyway. I mean, you didn't become their friend because they would be a clone of you. They're your friend because the compatibility is sufficient for you to be friends. And that's what it comes down to. In friendships, as in intimate relationships, as with marriages, compatibility is very, very important. The levels are different and the depth is certainly different. But the standard of compatibility versus incompatibility is still in in effect. And if you fool yourself, yes, I'm going to talk about this for a minute, and then I'm going to go. If you try to fool yourself into thinking that you can take somebody who's incompatible with you and make them compatible, you're out of your freaking mind. You're wrong. I won't say you're stupid. I'll say you're ignorant. You cannot affect that type of a change in the person. That type of a change only occurs within the person if the person wills it. If the person has no desire or will to become compatible to you, it's not going to happen. Your guilt trips, your condemnations, Whatever you you try to use as a method or, or a tool to get somebody to be compatible to you so you can have them, you're out of your freaking mind. You're, you're an idiot in my book. If you think you can make somebody incompatible to you compatible, um, you're going to have your freaking ship is going to crash on the rocks because it will not happen. You will suffer disappointments on levels you've never known when you put your heart and soul into somebody who's incompatible to you, whether it's in a friendship, intimate relationship or marriage, you will fail. It cannot be done. Compatibility and change to compatibility within the person is an individual to the person and cannot be you know, modified or enacted from an outside force. The person themselves has to be willing to make the change. Like that woman who was in that terrible relationship, who released herself from her past and married this really good dude. And was, I mean, she was so happy. It was crazy. She kept saying, I can't believe it. You know, it's like a dream. And I said, well, freaking wake up then. Because it's not a dream. It's reality. He's a good guy. You got And I knew the guy. I talked to him. I said, he's a very good guy. Um, and I said, but you're a good person, too. You act like you're freaking no good, and he's excellent. I said, you're a good person, too. Um, and I really think not talking about your past, not referencing your past, and certainly not expecting him to all of a sudden come out with a different costume on and pull a mask off. Because you didn't treat him that way. Um, your relationship's great because I said it really, really. I said, let me tell you something about good men. Um, who, men who are honest with women, and this goes for women too. Women who are honest with men. One of the things that will destroy their desire for you is when you question their goodness. After they have been nice to you and have done things for you and have always been there for you and been honest with you about things, and then you question them. It kills their desire. Um, it really does. I know it kills mine to the heart. Kills it. I make adjustments with people who do that stuff. Because what it tells me is, even as a friend, after all this, you didn't have confidence in me. So because you have left confidence in me, I make the adjustments to a friend who has less confidence in me. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. I mean, I don't. I don't punish them, and I don't hate them, and I don't get back at them. And I, I merely make the adjustments so the friendship can continue. That's what I do. I don't know how other men do it, but that's how I do it. When there is perceived lack of confidence, I just quietly make the adjustments. I rarely say anything to the person. I rarely say anything to the person about anything. I, I just It's just not me. To me, it's pretty cheap to make these declarations to someone or to accuse someone i just quietly go about making the adjustments and i say to myself well it's just too bad that you know this is what they believe but and then i live with it yeah besides in friendships you have a lot more latitude um some things because the relationship is not um on the level of other relationships like family for instance you have to make concessions or a marriage you got to make concessions in family and marriage you know relatives that you don't have to make in friendships friendships are a lower level relationship that you have quite a bit of latitude in actually if you want to however if you're living if in your friendship you're living honorably it narrows your options because people who in friendships who don't, where it's really not a friendship, they're they're not really the person's friend they're pretending to be, have a tremendous uh, number of options to choose from. Because the options, some are good and some aren't. Some are bad. Whereas a person who is honorable in their friendships, the options are narrowed because there's things they will not do to the other person that the people in fake friendships will do. That's the difference. Because they're honorable, they're loyal, and they will not do things that other people do. And I'm the same way, I just won't. But anyways, that's the whole thing. Just remember, okay, let me close this out so you don't freaking forget what I'm trying to say. The main point of this podcast is to help you understand and accept the realities of compatibility versus incompatibility. And the fact that... um whether there is incompatibility in a relationship it doesn't affect lower level relationships as much as it affects higher level relationships but nonetheless it does affect uh all levels of relationships to a certain degree and that's it second point choose your associates wisely you know especially a spouse. Next level down, a friend. Those who you're going to choose to be your best friend. Then those who you're going to choose to be your friend. And even where you work, with people you work with, choose who you associate with the most. Um, You can be busy and not have time for people. That's the nature of work. You're busy. So if you're around people who are bad influences, you can just stay busy and not have time to associate with them. Um, like I was telling a friend of mine recently um, who was invited to go to a, a bar with a group of uh, um, people, this person's not a bar person, didn't want to go. So, but again again, again, did not want to offend the coworkers. So I said, well, that's easy. Just <laughs> use a phrase I use. I never go to places I can't take my kids to. Boom. That's it. It's non-threatening, it's not accusative, it's not judgmental. It's just a statement of fact that how you make choices in your life. And you never choose to go to places where you can't bring your kids. That's it. Um, And that's what I said to them. I said, just use that one if they pressure you or make you feel like you're being, you know, you're ostracizing them or you're not being friendly. It's not, has nothing to do with friendships, or anything. it just has to do with those aren't places where I go. Um and so it's a it's a clever way to do it, but hey, it shuts it down. And uh they'll stop asking you to. All right, that's it. Go about your your day. <laughs> I was gonna say something clever, but then I felt I shouldn't say it. So anyways, just stay out of trouble. There you go. That's what we do. yeah. Never mind. Goodbye.